Well, let's pray before we get into the word this morning. Let's do that. God, I thank you for how faithful you are to us, even when we aren't faithful, Lord. I thank you that you are our righteousness. I pray that you teach us this morning your words. Let it not be my words, but your words, Lord. I pray, Father, speak to us, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to warn you this morning. I'm a little excited. I'm going to preach on one. I probably preach on this a lot. You guys are going to be like, oh, he preaches the normal stuff. We're going to preach on faith this morning. I think this is my favorite subject. I love preaching on faith, right? Yes, faith is important. We are doing a series, um, elementary, um, that's out of Hebrews chapter 6, if you want to turn there. Hebrews chapter 6. And the idea behind it is, it's time to get back to some biblical truth. It's time to get back into some, some foundational doctrine. And what's better than these six principles that, that Paul says you cannot go on to maturity unless these are in your life? That's important then, right? He says, let, let, let us go on to maturity, right? We got to get past it, but we can't get past it if we don't have these things as a part of our life. And I know that, that sometimes we do these feel-good messages, and, and, and I'm all, I love that, but sometimes we just need to get right back to the truth and teach core doctrine and make sure that core doctrine is a part of your life and you believe it and it's a foundational to you. Amen? We're also going to be in Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. So Hebrews 6, Hebrews chapter 11, um, we're going to talk about the one thing that is, com- that is most commonly talked about with repentance, and that is faith. So typically, and there are a few places, but typically when you see repentance, you also see faith. When you see faith, you also see repentance, right? So we talked about repentance last week. Um, let me read it to you. It's verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary, these are the basic things, right? These are the, the foundational things the elementary doctrine of Christ, and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, talked about that last week, and of faith toward God. Faith. That's what we're going to talk about this, this morning. So we started out last week, we talked a little bit about the definition of repentance, and I think we're going to continue that this morning. We're, what is the definition of faith? Right? What, what, how do you define that? Well, I have always found, and we're going we're gonna to run into this a couple times in this, in this series, the best way to define something is let Scripture interpret Scripture, right? If, if Scripture gives you a definition of something, allow that to be your definition. And in this case, Scripture gives us a very clear definition of faith, Right? Let me read it to you. So it's in Hebrews chapter 11, where we're going to spend most of our morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Simply put, faith is resting assured. It's it's being absolutely convinced what God tells you is going to happen. And even though you can't see it, you are believing, you are, com- you are confident, you are assured that it's going to happen. And that's what faith is, that we let the Bible define what, what faith is. And in biblical terms, right, what is our faith? 
All of our faith comes back to Jesus Christ. All of it. And he might, we might not see him physically right here, but we can feel the Holy Spirit. We know that one day he's coming back for his church. And we might not see it right now, but we have faith in Jesus. Faith is vital to the Christian. Because by faith we are saved, right? By faith we are saved. We can't go on to maturity until we hit different levels of faith and deeper faith. This morning I want to title this, the main point I have for you this morning is leap of faith. Leap of faith. That's kind of the the idea of of this morning. See, I believe that there's this initial leap of faith that you put in for salvation. When you believe in Jesus, you are saved from your sins. And then sometimes we stop, right? Sometimes that's, that's where we end. Like, okay, I put my faith in Jesus, I'm saved, and then, and then that's it. But it's been my experience that since I got saved as a teenager, putting my faith in Jesus, Jesus has continually, continually asked me to step out in faith. When I was a teenager, and some of you guys know this, um, it's funny to think about now, but you know, I grew up in the major metropolis of Wallace, Idaho. Yeah. If you know it, it's a tiny little town and on the border of Montana. And at 18 years old, God called me to go to Dallas, Texas. A little bit of a different system there, right? There's a lot more people. I think Dallas might be the fifth largest city in the country. It's like fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere around there. So here I am, and I and I'm grew up in this tiny little town, and I'm moving to Dallas, Texas. And I'm going to tell you something. I was scared. I was. I legitimately was scared. I mean, I'm leaving this town that I have all my friends and all my family in, and I'm going to this major city. And, and I mean, I literally, I trembled getting on the airplane. I was, I was a little bit terrified. But God was asking me to take a little bit, a leap of faith. And sometimes you just have to get on the plane, right? Sometimes you just have to do it. Take that step. I think of when my kids were little. They're getting bigger now. It's hard for me to say that. They're getting bigger now. But when we were little, we spend as much time at the water in the summer as we can. Okay? When they were little, we'd have the same routine. We would swim out to the dock in the, in the lake. And every year was the same story. We'd get on this dock. We're, we have our life vest on. We're big life vest people. We had, we're standing on this dock, and I'm telling the kids to jump in. And none of them will jump in. Then Dad gives them a soft little nudge to get into the water. Okay, maybe you you all know it wasn't a nudge. It was a literal shove, right? And they get into the water, and then they jump in. Not by choice. But you know what happens after that? They climb on the dock, and they jump in on their own. They don't need the shove anymore. They just start doing it. It's like they get the one jump, and then they're okay doing it. They have, they have no problem doing that. And that's kind of how it works. It's like you take your first step and you trust God, right? If God ever told me to go back to Dallas, I wouldn't want to. And I wouldn't be happy about it. And I'd probably complain a little bit, just so you know. But I wouldn't be scared, right? I'm not, if I had to take a trip or even if God said move there, I wouldn't necessarily be terrified to go any longer because I've done it before, right? I know that God can care for me in that situation because he did it before. I just needed the nudge. I needed to take the leap. And it grew my faith and I grew in confidence. And that's how it works. 
Faith is taking one step of faith after another step of faith. Have you guys ever seen the Indiana Jones scene called Leap of Faith? Have you guys seen this? I think I have a picture of it. Some of the younger kids, might, they might not get this illustration. This, is called, this scene is called Leap of Faith. Okay, so Indiana Jones is an ar- archaeologist, and he's trying to make this archaeological discovery without giving the movie away. And he's standing before this canyon, and all the clues for this discovery says Leap of Faith. Right? You guys remember this scene? And he's, and he's, and he's holding, he's like, leap of faith, leap of faith, leap of faith. And Sean Connery's in the background, his dad, and he's like, you gotta believe, boy. You gotta believe. And so he puts his step, his foot out, and all of a sudden he steps forward, and he hits a camouflage bridge. Right? It's called leap of faith. And that is kind of how faith works, right? But here's the problem. This is what so many of us do. We take a step. And we're saved. Jesus saved us. We didn't fall into the canyon. We didn't fall into the pit. Yay. And then we stop walking. And that's, that's, not what faith, that's not what God is calling you to. He is calling you to one step of faith after another step of faith after another step of faith. If Indiana Jones stops walking, he never makes the discovery, does he? He never gets to the other side. If he just took one step and he's done... Then, then it's finished. But he takes one step after another. And I know it's a little bit of a silly analogy, but we need to continue to walk in faith as we make this journey with God. So let's take a look at the rest of Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen is not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gift, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks." By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And this is a key verse. This this is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We have to understand this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't do it, right? If you make all the sacrifices, you can. If you sacrifice unto God continually, but you don't have faith, can you please God? Can't can't do it. If you are kind and loving and a caring person, but you don't have faith, can you please God? No, you can't. If you read your Bible all day long and in every lunch break you get and in every moment of your life, you are reading scripture, but you don't have faith in it, can you please God? You can't. If you sing worship songs all day long, if you listen to nothing but Christian radio, 
but you don't have faith, can you please God? No. Now, we understand that most of those things are acts of faith, right? We get that. But the only way that you can please God is through faith. That's it. It's the only way. Without faith, it is possible to please God. Everything in the Christian faith hinges on faith, right? It's just part of the thing. Nothing makes a parent happier than when their kids, when their kids trust them, right? Am I wrong? My kids were little. They're getting bigger again. They're getting bigger. They used to think I could do anything. They did. They, like, like, they really believed I could fix anything. They, they believed that if it was broke, dad can fix it. They did not know I'm the least handy person you have ever met in your life. I, my mind does not work that way. It just doesn't. It doesn't work that way. I have to call friends over for simple things, right? The other day I had to have, ha, had to have Tom t- tell me how to screw in and fix my door the other day. Like, I, I just don't have it. They really did believe I could fix anything. They did as they were growing up. They believed that I was the toughest person in the world. They believed that I could outfight anybody in the world, anybody in Post Falls, anybody in Idaho. It didn't matter. Dad was going to protect them no matter what. And they truly believed that. And nothing makes a parent happier than when their kids trust them. And God is very similar. When we step out in faith, we please him. We're saying, God, we trust you. I can't see it. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But I'm stepping out in faith, trusting that you're going to make it happen for me. And that's what pleases God. The only way to please God is to walk in faith. It's the only way. Let's keep reading verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Righteousness comes by faith. Noah looked really silly building that ark until it started to rain. But it was his faith to build the ark that he was saved through, right? And we understand this. We are saved by faith. It is in the faith that of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection that we are saved. And that's it. That's the only way. There's a lot of people preaching that there's many ways to be saved. There's only one. Faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. That's the only way to be saved. We please God that way. It says in Romans 3.22, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. All who believe. Now we get to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8 is about Abraham and And this is what it says about Abraham in verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the promised land and as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob. Heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that had foundations whose, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah re- 
herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered her, him faithful who had promised. Who, therefore, from one man and him and as excuse me, and him as good as dead, were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So here's Abraham, right? And here's what the text doesn't tell you. Abraham is 75 years old when he gets called by God to leave, okay? So 75 years old. He's lived in this place his entire life. It's what he knows. He, he is born and raised there, and God tells him to leave. That is a gigantic step of faith, right? In and of itself, that's a gigantic step of faith. That is a, God, I trust you, right? No wonder it pleased God. Lord, I'm going to leave everything that I know, not even knowing where I'm going, and I'm just going to start walking. That pleased God. That was faith. That's what led to his righteousness. Now, here's the thing. Abraham was called at 75. He died at 175 to follow God. At any point in time, that was, that was the last time Abraham had to have faith, right? That was the last time. Abraham never in, in 100 years shows God faith again, does he? Most of you know that's wrong, right? Over and over and over again, Abraham has to be faithful to God. He has to be faithful to God, and he gave us the first tithe. That was Abraham. Abraham would trust God with his nephew not Lot when he had to go rescue him. That's faith. He would, he would trust God to take care of him and provide for him over and over again. When he had to send Ishmael away, he trusted God would take care of him because Abraham loved Ishmael. Over and over again, over a hundred-year period of time, Abraham would show that he had faith. It wasn't a one-time thing. It wasn't, okay, I'm going to go on this journey, I'll go where you send me, and then it's over. We know that Abraham, over the course of a hundred years, continually took steps of faith that pleased God. Faith doesn't come to an end after one adventure. It should only grow as you get older and the more you walk with Jesus. Let's pick up in verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Again, it's better than what we it's better it's better not to be able to see it and believe than what we can see, right? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith. 14. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city by faith. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, one of whom it is, was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. One of the, the big leaps of faith 
that Abraham makes as he's willing to sacrifice his son, believing God was going to raise him from the dead. But here's the question I have. Do you think that when Abraham started his journey with God, that he had enough faith to sacrifice his son? Think about this for a minute. He didn't even have a son, but if he had, and God said, hey, instead of going on this journey, I want you to kill your son. I personally don't believe so. I think that that was the, the, the finale of a life of faithfulness to God where God had proven himself over and over and over again to Abraham. Life isn't one leap of faith and it's over. If it's a continual walk with God, always believing God, trusting God. It's a journey. And it might be a silly analogy, but if Indiana Jones stops walking, he never gets to where he needs to go. And if Abraham just takes his one journey and then says, ah, okay, I'm, I'm, done. I'm done trusting the Lord now, he never gets what's promised to him. Abraham believes in faith and takes one journey after another. Here's the big takeaway. The older you get, the more leaps of faith we should take. Think about that for a minute. That's how we grow into maturity. That's the maturity that Paul's talking about here. Right? That's why we grow into maturity. For some people... Here, the, the, that, that leap of faith might be going to a place in, that you've never gone before. For some people, that might be giving for the first time. For some people, that might be joining that missions team, starting that ministry, witnessing to your coworkers that you've never witnessed to before. It, it, for all of us, it's going to look different depending upon where your journey is. But I know this, it should... You should be continually walking in faith and trusting God more and more as you do. And it looks different for all of us. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, okay, what is one of the biggest steps of faith that Tracy and I have made? And as I was thinking about it, it was Ezekiel. Our last biggest step of faith was adopting Ezekiel from China. And there, there were many things that were leaps of faith in that situation, but we were completely convinced God wanted us to do it. We knew for, like, we were certain God had always called us to adopt from China. But, but there were some reasons that it would seem like on the outside you wouldn't want to do it. First one, being absolutely selfish, right? I had an 11, a 10, and a 9-year-old at the time. They were just getting to the age that they could do their own stuff, get their own snacks, play, play outside until dark and not have to worry about them, right? That summer, we were at Silverwood, and I remember this was the first time this had ever happened. I was like, go ride this, go ride that, go ride that, and come back in and check in. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. I even looked at Tracy at one point in time, and I said, are you sure we want a little? I can't do that with a four-year-old. Like, do you sure we want to do this? But we knew that God had called us to do it. The second leap of faith in that journey was the money. 30, Ezekiel's, Ezekiel's adoption cost us $30,000. We did not have $30,000. And China's different, man. When you're going through the process, they expect you to have that money. 
It's not like you can just stop, go, stop, go. It is provide the money or we're going to cancel your adoption. And somehow, by a miracle of God, God provided that money for us. That was a big leap of faith. Like, how are we going to make this happen? Well, we're going to spend our money, and we're just going to believe God's going to provide. Then there was the physical aspect with Ezekiel. We, we knew at the time that he was living in a hospital for kids with cerebral palsy. We didn't understand why he was at a hospital. We didn't know what necessarily physically he would need. We had a, a, an American doctor read through his medical reports and examine it, and we walked away even more confused. The American doctor's like, I don't know. This is a lot of weird things. This is a lot of different things. I don't know what's going to happen here. We didn't know if he was in the hospital because he needed physical therapy we, or we, if he needed 24-hour care. We didn't know. We had no idea. We had read many stories of, I got to China and my son needs 24-hour care. My daughter needs 24-hour care. That happens to a lot of people. And they didn't expect it. And so we knew that going in. Now, one of the things that I think is really cool, we truly believe that whoever led this, this hospital was a Christian because we get emails every so often of like things that are like, only a Christian would say that. And so we believe that he had Ezekiel there for us. When Tracy met him, he was overjoyed that he was going to a Christian home. But we had no idea what we were getting into. And anybody that sees Ezekiel run around the church knows he's good, right? Like that boy can run around and play like nobody else. And I love it. And he brings a lot of joy to our family. I could not imagine our life without him. But it was a big leap of faith. There was a lot of unknowns. Here's what I do now. That leaving for Dallas at 19 is not the leap of faith that adopting a child from, his, from China is. It's not even in the ballpark. I go to Dallas and I don't like the school. I'm there one semester and maybe I go somewhere else. Maybe I pick a different school. Maybe the longest is a year, right? You adopt a son from China, and if he has to have 24-hour care, you're with him 24 hours. There is no going back at that point. He is your son. She is your daughter. That's it. Leaving for Dallas at 19 is not the same leap of faith that adopting a son from China is. But that's how it should be. Our faith should continually grow. And age isn't what matters. Maybe you're, maybe you're older and you just got saved and you're taking your first steps of faith. That's okay. Maybe you've walked with Jesus for 20 years and you're taking big steps of faith. That's great too. But we should continually be growing in our faith. So the question I have for you this morning is, are you trusting God more today than you ever have in your past? Now, I understand that there are seasons. I get that. There are seasons to life, seasons of rest. I get that. But are you trusting God more today than you have in the past? And if not, why? I don't know anybody. I mean, there's very few foundational people in Scripture that didn't have to trust God more than they did initially as their life went on. And we're in the same boat. God is constantly asking us, do you trust me? Will you sacrifice? Will you do these things? And sometimes we can't even see the end. I tell my kids all the time, the greatest thing I do on this earth will not be while I'm alive. The greatest thing I will do on this earth is through them. 
I tell them that all the time, and I absolutely believe it, 100%. But are you trusting God more today than you did yesterday? The worship team wants to come forward. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know, I don't know what God's calling you to do, but I want to challenge you in this. At least ask God. At least ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what, what do you have for me? What do you want for me? What can I take that step of faith for? And you might not even see how it's possible. In fact, I would challenge you in this. Maybe you shouldn't be able to see how it's possible. Nobody else did in Scripture. But do you still believe that God can do the miraculous in your life? What does that look like today? So as we're going to sing this last song, I want you to stand to your feet. And if, if you have no idea, if you're like, Steve, I, I feel like I should be walking in faith. I'm just not sure. I want you to know I'd be happy to pray with you about that. I would be ha happy to talk to you about that and, and not tell you what you should be doing. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pray with you and see where the Holy Spirit leads us. But I want you to ask God, God, what is my next big step of faith? What should I be working towards? Maybe you can sing, and it's as simple as, as stop being nervous and getting on the stage. Maybe you can teach, and, and, and your, your heart is for people. Maybe it's as simple as, as, as lead the Bible study. Maybe it's writing the check. Maybe it's going on the mission trip. You have to ask God what your step of faith is. That's only for you and him to know. But I just want to encourage you as we sing this last song and you're dismissed um, at any point in time during this song or afterwards, ask the Holy Spirit, what is my next step of faith?